Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. Do you need heavy equipment or farm equipment? Look no further than Southern Equipment and Parts in Laurel. We have a wide selection of new and used equipment from many top brands. We also offer parts, service, and rentals. Whether you're a contractor, farmer, or just need help around the house, we have what you need. Southern Equipment is your one-stop shop for all farm and heavy equipment. Visit us at 5237 Highway 84 West and southernequipparts.com or call 601-651-4555. For free record on my count, seven, six, five, four, three, two, roll A, fade up on A. Southern Miss to the top. To the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. All right, we're glad you are. Let's get going for a Friday Super Talk Eagle Hour. Glad you're with us wherever you tuned in across the state, whether it be online. We're just glad you're here. Friday edition of the show. Broadcasting from the Southern Bank Corps Studios in Hattiesburg and Laurel. Bob Kelly Luke, the whole gang is here, and we're glad you are too. Opening segment of our show every day is sponsored by Dickey's Barbecue Pit. Proud supporters of the Eagle Hour. Proud supporters of Southern Miss Athletics. And uh, we're happy to say very good friends of ours. And uh, always uh, encourage you to do your catering from Dickey's Barbecue. They have a catering deal for everybody. And uh, we can assure you that they have one for you. It's Baseball Friday here in the Berg. Actually, this is four weeks in a row, Kelly Sander, four weeks in a row that uh, I've been at the ballpark Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. It seems like forever to get here, the season to get here, but once it starts, man, you'll blink your eyes and you're looking at the at the tournament, you know? No question. Well, uh, Valparaiso is in town tonight. How did I pronounce that, Sander? Val- Valparaiso. Valparaiso. No, Paraiso. Valparaiso, you got it. Right. Oh, right, 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 said. right, right. what you said. Well, Brandon Vickery is the athletic director there, the assistant athletic director, and we're glad you're here in the studio. It's quite a treat to have you here, my man. Thank well, you. Well, it is quite a treat to be here. Always excited to talk Valpo athletics, excited to talk Valpo baseball, and what a uh, fun and a nice opportunity for our players to be here this weekend to get to take on a very good Southern Miss team. I think most of all to be able to experience, uh, and I know it's raining outside as we speak, but to be able to experience some better weather. We uh, were able to escape the uh, Midwest for this stretch. It's spring break for our students and we're on a long road trip right now. It's the final stop of a three-stop trip and excited to to play Southern Miss this weekend. 20 straight road games to start the years. Is that that normal? Yeah, every, just about every single year. It's kind of, that's life. Division one baseball in the Midwest. Uh, it's tough to get outside early in the season, so to be able to go on the road, it gives you the opportunity to not only play the games in, in better weather, but uh, the team's practiced some this week uh, and the opportunity to practice at Southern Miss yesterday, and that has made it over the years, a challenge for Valpo to get off to a good start because you're playing warm weather teams, you're on the road in all these games at the beginning of the season, and uh, to add to all that, you haven't had a lot of time outdoors. You're trying to hit inside in the indoor cages. Pitchers are trying to trying to throw inside. Maybe you're able to get out on the uh, football field. Uh, now, over the last few years, we have turf on the baseball field on the infield, uh, so that helps a little bit in terms of getting outside, but that's always a challenge early in the year, and I think that makes uh, the solid start 
start that the team's been off to impressive because uh, over the years it has Six been a struggle four, right? early in the season. Yeah. Six four. Well, we, we know you were in Starkville Wednesday. We're glad you got to come to a city with four-lane roads and traffic lights <laughs> and restaurants and all of that. Yeah, you don't have to honk at cows crossing right. the street. Yeah, we're you glad know. you're here and uh, excited about having you. What do you know about this Golden Eagle baseball program? Well, I think just first off, whenever our team gets an opportunity to take on a program that's nationally ranked, that captures our, our players' attention. I know that when the, when the guys went out and, uh, at uh, Mississippi State on Tuesday night, you know, the kind of the cell phones were out. This whole road trip is a an experience for our guys, and I think it'll be the same this weekend. The opportunity to play such a strong program, to play in a great environment, uh, to play in front of big crowds, it's something that our players are excited about, and I think... Uh, uh, there's always when you're when you're a good program like Southern Miss is. I'm sure you guys experience having a target on your back because when teams come in, we're amped up to play these games. So I think our players are excited about that opportunity. Kind of view it as a little bit of an underdog uh, type mentality going into this series. I think they'll come to play this weekend. I want to talk more about just just a second, Brandon, about the 20 game road trip yeah. and, and about the weather. What a huge disadvantage. For not just Valpo, but any of the schools north of the Mason-Dixon line who who have to battle the weather, your goal is to get to Omaha. But when you got to go on the road as much as any of those schools do, what a huge disadvantage. Sure, yeah. Certainly it's not unique to Valpo, but we are in an area near Chicago uh, that uh, is not great weather-wise this time of year. And uh, by the time that the weather really starts clearing up, you're coming down the final stretch of the season. So I know that over the years there have been some proposals of moving college baseball to a summer sport and moving the calendar back where it starts later. Maybe it starts in uh, mid, late March, early April, and then runs through June in the uh, NCAA regionals and college world series go into July. Um, and I don't know that that will happen, but there's been talk of it over the years. And I think that from a, uh, being a team in the Midwest, it is tough on the current calendar with college baseball to be ready to go early in the season. And then by the end of the, this road trip, uh, you've, uh, spent a lot of time on the road. The one positive of that is that uh, our our players are all very, very close with one another, and you get to spend all that time together on the road. So as a college student, what an experience that is to be with your teammates day in and day out, to be on all these bus rides together. And I think compared to other programs, uh, even at, at Valpo, our baseball team has not been hurt as much by the transfer portal because the guys are so close with one another and they develop those relationships. And I think part of that is, sure, all teams spend a lot of time together, but our baseball program in particular with all all these long road trips, uh, they become very tight and uh, they've evolved and grown together. We had a young team for a few years, but our lineup is now more veteran guys and all of them have stuck with it and stayed in the program. And part of that, yeah, the one advantage is all the time you spend together on the road early in the season. Luke, get in here. So let's talk a little bit about your head coach, uh, Brian Schmack. Uh, really has been the face of Alpo baseball. What this is his, uh, I think it's seventeenth year. It's what it's tenth year as a head coach. He was he was pitching and assistant seven years prior to that. What what's kind of uh, you know his his mo as far as leading the baseball program and what type of uh, baseball Southern Miss fans will see this weekend? Yeah, uh, first and foremost, he is a pitching guy. He pitched in the big leagues briefly with the Tigers, had a professional career, uh, mostly in the minor leagues. Uh, after pitching at Northern Illinois at the college level, his son is a position player for us. He's our starting left fielder. Uh, so kind of interesting in the sense that that Brian, our head coach, is a pitching guy, and his son is a key bat in our lineup. Um, but uh, he uh, 
this kind of a, a calm demeanor to him. He really has done a nice job with our, our baseball program. And I think you're starting to see the fruits of the labor of the last few years uh, where they've kind of taken their lumps at times. And he, he went with a process where you're going to bring in young guys and develop them in the program, not try to take shortcuts by uh, going the JUCO route. I mean, certainly they've added to the, the core with some junior college pieces, some transfers, one bat in the middle of our lineup. Jake Scrine is a, a grad transfer from the Big Ten at Indiana. Uh, but for the most part, it's been guys developed kind of in his system. He's also creative in the way that he goes about the the pitching staff. Um Instead of your traditional Friday is kind of your ace, Saturday is your number two, and Sunday is your number three, it's been a little bit of mixing and matching. It's been some situations where you go into a game like tonight knowing that the start is not going to be a long start, and you use several different arms you kind of already have slotted in to go a few innings each going into that game. Our Saturday starter is probably our most traditional starting pitcher that will go longer in games. That's Connor Lockwood, who you'll see tomorrow afternoon. And then Sunday will be the group that has actually pitched on Fridays for a lot of the year, and that group pitched on Tuesday this past week. So he's been creative kind of in how he's constructed the pitching staff, particularly when you're going into a series against uh, a team where you're going to be an underdog on the road. You're facing a nationally ranked opponent. I think there's some ingenuity and kind of creativity into his approach uh, rather than the traditional uh, putting three traditional starters out there and hoping to get seven, eight innings out of them over the course of the weekend. Yeah, we saw that in, in you know, kind of on the box score in, in Starkville that you guys had thrown your, your Sunday guy, and so figured we would we would see him again. Yeah, you mentioned uh, Kyle Schmack. He's basically got half of the steals of this uh, Valpo team, leads the team in home runs with with four, uh, you guys have 17 home runs on the year. Um, you know, just kind of looking at uh, looking at the schedule, you, you had about a five game win streak going on, and then dropped the last two. But you you took a series at UT Martin, took a series at at Arkansas Little Rock. When you can win on the road, going back to what Kelly said, I mean that when when you don't play at your home place for really the first you know five weeks of the season, I mean your guys got to be feeling you know. Confident, you're not going to be intimidated coming into uh, Pete Taylor Park this weekend. No, the record through nine games at six and three was our, our best through nine games since 1985, and so I think there's some confidence that comes with that um, because, like I said, a lot of those years you're going on the road, you're facing high caliber opponents, and you're facing warm weather teams that have the advantage that we've talked about. So a lot of years uh, going back a long ways, we've gotten off to very slow starts, and then maybe you hit conference play, you hit the point in the schedule where you're hosting some midweek games and the wins start to come but this year to be able to grab some wins early they're playing with some confidence it's a group that uh, you, you look around the infield and you mentioned Kyle Schmack and he's a big piece of it in left field but I think the infield is a key core our third baseman is Caleb Hannes his father is the head coach at Indiana State a team in our conference uh, so kind of a unique dynamic there he was the freshman of the year in the league a few years back um, and uh, so uh, it's a, uh, a nice core that's really come together and they're excited about the start that we have. The Valpo Beacons are in town for take on the Golden Eagles tonight at 6 o'clock. Brandon Vickery is the assistant athletic director. He's going to continue his conversation with us here in the Southern Bank Core Studio as the Friday edition of the Super Talk Eagle Hour rolls along. Stay with us.
You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. The Eagle Hour. Southern Miss to the top. All right, remember, you can hear the Super Talk Eagle Hour podcast anytime you like on Apple Podcasts, Audible, Google, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, or you can tell Alexa to play the Super Talk Eagle Hour. Many, many of you do. We hear a lot from you, and uh, we're very grateful uh, for people really all over the country that uh, let us know that they hear the show on our various podcasts. I want to thank Janet King, the King of Clean, for their sponsorship of our program. That team has been working for 35 years, cleaning places of work, education, worship, eateries, stadiums, and medical facilities. They can clean your business, too. You can go to JanetKingCleans.com. And uh, Kelly Center, be a good weekend to stop in on Hardy Street and say hello to the Princess of Southern Miss Swag, Miss Kathleen at Campus Bookmark. They even have shirts for guys my size. You know, quintuple mediums. She's the best. <laughs> yeah. She's absolutely There the isn't best. anything you can't ask for or want that they probably don't have in stock. Right. All right. All-American Tanner Hall on the mound tonight, of course, for the Golden Eagles. You always feel pretty good about Friday nights uh, with Tanner pitching. Brandon Vickery is the assistant athletic director at Valpost to tell us who we'll see on the mound uh, for the Beacons tonight. Yeah, it's going to be a little bit different. Jacob Rosencrans is going to make his first start of the season tonight. Uh, He's uh, been a guy who has pitched over the course of the year in relief. Uh, He came out of the bullpen in Sunday's game at Little Rocks, a little bit of a change to the weekend rotation with him being inserted uh, tonight. Uh, Fastball, slider, and a split type of guy. Um, He's a guy that's been around the program for a couple years that has taken some strides forward over the course of this offseason. But again, I think that you can expect to see a variety of guys on the mound tonight. It's not going to be a case where uh, Brian Schmack hopes to get six, seven, eight innings out of Rosencrans. It'll be a shorter start, and you'll see a variety of different arms for a few innings each. And then as we look ahead to the rest of the weekend, Connor Lockwood is a guy who's won the Pitcher of the Week in the, in the Missouri Valley Conference earlier this season. He's the a guy who's really taken a step forward after he was wobbly early as a freshman last year, finished strong, and has looked good so far this year. So excited to see him throw. Uh, against the challenge of facing the Southern Miss lineup tomorrow night. And then rounding out the weekend will be Griffin McCluskey on Sunday. He has started Fridays so far this year, but he also got the start and pitched two innings on Tuesday night at Mississippi State and pitched two scoreless innings. Uh, Valpo scored, uh, manufactured two runs in the third, led 2 nothing after three in that game on Tuesday. Looked very competitive early. I was very excited about uh, where we were at at that point in the ball game, but then a big inning and Mississippi State busted it open and ended up winning the game uh, 12 to 2 on Tuesday. But there, there's a little bit of the outlook of the uh, the uh, weekend arms you'll see this weekend. All right, so you're from Indiana, correct? You got it. And, and Kelly's just dumbfounded that you've never been to the Indianapolis 500. Well, uh, now I feel like I need to get there. I, I told them I'm still in baseball mode at that time. I'm either yeah. wrapping up our conference tournament with Valpo or transitioning to working in a college summer league that I work games for during the summer. Uh, so a lot of times I'm out uh, at a ball field somewhere that day, but maybe I'll carve out a day to get over and, and see the Indy 500. I've certainly had a lot of friends who have made that uh, trip. Although we're from Indiana, we are closer to Chicago than Indianapolis, so it's not uh, right in our backyard. Uh, it's it's further south, but it's certainly a trip that's uh, 
worth making to, to check out uh, the spectacle of the Indy 500. And that's what I was going to ask you about. The Chicagoland area, I'm guessing, Brandon, is where you guys collect most of your players. That's that's your hotbed of recruiting is Chicagoland. Yeah, no doubt. That's been a, a key area for us. Uh, and to be so close to Chicago, that's been important across all sports. There's a lot of talent in various sports in the Chicagoland area. Uh, our area is northwest Indiana. We do have a, a few key players in our lineup. Nolan Tucker, who's our second baseman, who was an all-conference player a year ago, is from Northwest Indiana. Obviously, uh, Kyle Schmack, uh, with his dad being our coach, Northwest Indiana guy. Bobby Nowak, who's a, a big arm for us out of the bullpen, Northwest Indiana. Then a lot of kids that are Chicago t- uh, kids or from various parts of Illinois. So um, we've, we've recruited that local area, I think, more and more in recent years. There was a time where we had a real California pipeline going, and had a good chunk of our roster from that uh, that came from California, but I think in more recent years we've had more regionalized recruiting. Yeah. Too bad the Bears can't find any players from uh, Chicago. <laughs> oh, he went there, Brad. He, he he went there. Yeah. Um, but when you when you look at when you talk about the you know the the Chicago, the Chicago land recruiting, you know obviously that's where where you guys are kind of working now. But you, Valpo is similar to Southern Miss. Because you guys also are going through a conference change, like Southern Miss coming out of Conference USA to the Sun Belt. You guys also made a move. Yeah, we're a little deeper into it now, but we did make a significant jump particularly in terms of baseball, going from the Horizon League to the Missouri Valley Conference. And uh, Dallas Baptist has been in our league prior to this season for baseball only. Uh, They moved to Conference USA for this year. Uh, But Dallas Baptist, a powerhouse, a team that uh, in in our league, a team that regularly in regionals and sometimes super regionals. So we go from the Horizon League where... Who the Eagles swept. Yes, yes, I was aware. Um, (laughs) But uh, we go from the... Horizon League, where we were a top three team in many years. Wright State was very good at that time in our league. UIC, which is now in the Valley as well, was in the Horizon League, and they were an upper echelon team. And Valpo was right there uh, a couple times, 2012, 13, and an NCAA regional team. We were an NCAA regional team winning the Horizon League. And then uh, we were in the Horizon League championship game a number of times. Then we moved to the Missouri Valley Conference. It's been a difficult transition in baseball. It's a good baseball league, and uh, the the history and tradition at Missouri State. Indiana State's been very good. Illinois State has had good years. Uh, Evansville has had uh, has had good years. There have been multiple years since we've been in the Valley where it's been a three bid league, uh, and there have been. Uh, Almost every year, it's been a multi-bid league um, versus the Horizon League was strictly a one-bid league. Um, so it was a big jump for us, and it has been a challenge. Uh, Schmack and our coaching staff have built it with bringing in a lot of Valley recruits that were young freshmen at the time, and now we're getting to a point where that group has grown, and they are some of the upperclassmen on the team. All right, Luke, you got something else for Brandon before we uh, let him go? Yeah, I mean, you that UIC – uh, rings a bell with some of our listeners. They actually they were the four seed in the 2017 Hattiesburg Regional. So, you know we had we had that. But it's always intriguing for for us to talk to people from different conferences. Brandon, you know baseball is completely different. Um, Football is the great divider. But as we'll see right now, you know coming up in in uh, next week, how basketball and baseball for schools like Valpo. I mean, it, it's it's where you it, there's a level playing field. Um, even us as a as a mid major, you know, D one football school, the 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 separation is so much different from the Power Five. 
But I, I know for for Valpo fans and for Valpo student athletes, it's in these uh, you know quote uh, we wouldn't call basketball non non revenue generate, but the other ones that it, it's just it's just sports. I mean, it's just it's your best against our best, and I mean, I think that's what makes this series this weekend between Valpo and Southern Miss so interesting. Yeah, that's what makes uh, really college athletics so special is uh, anything can happen in any given game. And uh, it, you, uh, I wanted to get an Ole Miss reference in here. And you talk yes. about you know, Valpo in, in March and, and uh, 19, everybody thinks in 1998 is one of the real Cinderella stories and Bryce Drew and, uh, and us beating Ole Miss. And we've had a number of runs in men's basketball since then, but that is uh, or a number of tournament appearances since then. But that's the one where the one sweet 16 appearance, the one everyone remembers. But uh, sports are an equalizer where uh, you you get out there and anything can happen on any given day. To touch to your point on UIC, your first point there, uh, we're really excited about their addition to our conference. We've been the newcomers for a while in the Missouri Valley Conference, and now three new teams this year, Murray State, Belmont, and UIC. And UIC has a very beautiful baseball field, uh, Curtis Granderson Stadium, uh, with Curtis Granderson being an alum and uh, very supportive of their program with a beautiful basketball backdrop of the Chicago skyline. So we played them many times. We were in the Horizon League with them. We played them in non-conference the last few years. And now excited to have them, uh, a very nearby opponent, only about an hour from Valpo, back in our league. So uh, excited to no longer be the new new guys in the Missouri Valley Conference and to see how that goes with some of the new members this year. All right, well, I want you to know how much we appreciate you coming by. You you guys go home after this, is that correct? Yeah, when this series comes to an end on Sunday, it'll be a long bus ride back home to uh, to Valparaiso, and we'll be home for a few days, but then we're leaving again on Thursday and headed to Omaha uh, to, to play Omaha for a three-game series, continuing this, uh, wow. this long grind of 20 straight road games. Yeah, uh, but I'm not sure that Omaha's weather's going to no, be any better no, than Valpo's. No, we played there a year ago as well, a similar time. Time and it, and I was not on that trip. It was still uh, I was still with basketball at that time, but a very very cold series, and we're anticipating more of the same this season. So we're coming up on home games. Uh, we, our first conference series is the following weekend at Indiana State, and then finally at home. But uh, well, yeah. No matter what happens this weekend, no matter what happens the rest of the season, you can tell everybody you still played in Omaha. <laughs> That's very yeah, true. A lot of people we will jealous, take it. Right? Yeah, uh, you know, I am. Uh, I am in charge of our PR, and uh, as an SID, you try to uh, sell it however you can. So I'll go with that. Good yeah. idea. Now, just for future reference, that Mississippi school you referenced about basketball, we refer to them as the school up north. Oh, you got those, it. Those two names. <laughs> the Mississippi, the University yeah. of Mississippi, Oxford at Oxford. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> you got it. Hey, Brandon, thanks. Man. Thank you so much, Brandon Vickery, in the studio with us. Glad to have him. Hope they have a great trip here in the Berg, and I hope we see some good baseball this weekend. Patrick McGee, not the Patrick McGee, right, Kelly? Stats McGee. The other Patrick McGee joins us. The Guru. To the top. To the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour.
This segment of the Eagle Hour brought to you by 4th Street Bar and Grill. All of the NCAA, all of the NIT games are going to be televised at 4th Street. They've always uh, got some good things to say to you as a Southern Miss fan, and it is the official tailgate spot or pregame spot for all Southern Miss sports. 4th Street Bar and Grill. Don't forget that uh, Blue Plate Lunch. Lowest price in town, and it always includes your soft drink. Tell Booty and Slade and all the people there at uh, at 4th Street that we said hello. Joining us now on the line is Patrick Stats McGee. This man has every odd that is possibility, all the odds and the possibilities in the NIT, how it shakes out, who may be in, who may be out, uh, who's going to win the whole deal. Stats, welcome, man. Good to have you back. You okay? Yes, sir. Glad to be on talking some uh, NIT bracketology scenarios. So, yeah. So, so where do we even start? First of all, and I and I know Luke's got a bunch of questions, but my question, and we talked about this a little bit with Juan Cardona yesterday, which he really couldn't elaborate on because he said he didn't know. But, but what do you think stats about the possibility of Southern Miss securing a home game in round one for the NIT? Yeah, right now you kind of just look at the uh, the net rankings, and uh, USM is in the 80s of the net rankings, and that's typically not going to be enough uh, to host a game. I mean, right now, let's see, USM is 87 uh, in net, and usually have to be at least top 75, maybe even top 70 uh, to get one of those uh, host sites, and maybe even top 60 for not one of the top six or seven conferences. So I'm, I'm thinking USM is definitely going to be playing on the road somewhere. All right, so so where? And, of course, we say this is all speculative, of course, because most of the conference tournaments have not been completed yet. But what are, what are some possibilities? I know you've crunched a lot of numbers. Yeah, I think you look right now, uh, UAB would be a uh, possibility. I think UAB's net is in the top 60. So if they were uh, to play, and, the, I mean, of course, UAB could play their way into the NCAA tournament by winning two more games in um, the Conference USA tournament. But I think if UAB... Uh, were to um, be in the NIT, I think they would be an option. I know some people have, have kind of thrown around uh, Mississippi State as an option. I think they probably secured a bid yesterday with their win, uh, although they're they're losing right now. But if they were to fall in the NIT, I think they would likely be matched up with Alcorn State. Alcorn State uh, lost in their uh, conference tournament uh, earlier this week, and they won their regular season, so they're automatically secured um, an NIT bid like USM. So I think that would be uh, state and Alcorn would be a, a likely match of, of uh, state where a fall um, to the NIT. But I think UAB is, is like uh, one of the possibilities, as well as maybe like a Clemson or North Carolina possibly. All right, so and I'll cut you, I'll let Luke's uh, uh, in just a second here. But my final question is, is what type of uh, – educate us, because a lot of people, we all know about the number of teams in the NCAA, but – we, we kind of have to rub the dust off the NIT every once in a while. How many teams get invited to the NIT? And out of those teams, what's a probable seeding for Southern Miss? Yeah, so there, there are 32 teams in the NIT, and it's um, the way they, they have at-large is just like the NCAA tournament does. And then you have, um, if you win your uh, conference regular season, uh, but you don't win your tournament, you don't make the NCAA tournament, you automatically get in the NIT. Uh, the uh, version of the NIT um, automatic bids. And uh, the way they just they just changed the seeding last year, where uh, they still see the top four teams um, in the uh, in the four quadrants, but now they no longer see teams uh, that uh, start on the road. So previously you would have a five seed, a six seed, a seven seed, an eight seed. Now they're just uh, uh, paired together um, with one of the host teams based on geography. And USM 
uh, is likely going to be one of those non-seeded teams. Luke, he knows his stuff, doesn't he? He does, and anybody that uh, that wants to see you know his bracket laid out can go to WP McGee on Twitter. He's got it laid out there. Interesting here, you've got Marshall as the first four out of the NIT. Yeah, so I was, uh, you know, they're kind of in the mix there. You look at them, their net is uh, right around, oh, so it's 83, uh, but their problem is uh, they don't have any, I don't think they've played a single uh, a Q1 game, and you look at a team uh, possibly that could be above them, other teams that maybe have a lower net but uh, have some better wins, like a San Jose State would be in the mix there. Their net is at 92, but they have three uh, Q1 wins. Uh, you look at a team like a Santa Clara uh, that has um, – a uh, Q1 win, and they're right behind Marshall um, in the net. So I think uh, Marshall's lack of uh, a quality win, which some of these other teams like a Santa Clara, like a San Jose State, uh, have uh, could uh, hurt them uh, getting that NIT bid. Two other teams you've got um, in your your uh, your bracket, two teams that Southern Miss beat, Vanderbilt and, and Liberty. I mean, Vandy really turned it around and uh, just – it would be interesting. I think you had, you know, Liberty on the same side as the Southern Miss bracket, but they might face a, a North Carolina. All this is, is speculative, but yeah, I mean, v- Vanderbilt was one of those teams that you thought, you know, Southern Miss made it to the conference championship because of how they surged late, and Liberty, you know, played in their conference championship might have helped the Eagles, but both of those teams projected to possibly be in the NIT as well. Yeah, Vanderbilt's really had a. Uh, Great non-conference, or, or sorry, great conference season. They went eleven and seven in the SEC. Uh, they just beat uh, LSU last night, so uh, their their net isn't very good. Uh, they're eighty-two in net, so they're kind of pretty close to USM in net. But you know they have a number of good wins, and I think they'll end up getting an NIT home game. I mean, it's possible. I don't know if they would shy away from a rematch, but just based on geography, it might make sense for USM and Vanderbilt uh, to play each other in the first round. Talking to uh, to Patrick McGee of Hattiesburg, Mississippi. We call him Stats McGee here on the Eagle Hour. So, you know, what you've got, you've just got Southern Miss on the road at UAB. Uh, would be paired up in the same bracket as Kent State, Clemson, Florida, Villanova, and Hofstra and Wisconsin. So let's talk specifically how you saw the Eagles finish the season, Juan Cardona telling us earlier in the week that, that uh, Neftali Alvarez probably won't be available for the NIT. What, what do you think the Eagles have to do um, to, to win a few games? You know, and you look up and they may make a run here. Yeah, I think you get, you got uh, you to shoot a little bit better, and I think you got to avoid turnovers. I mean, you kind of look at that game against um, uh, UAB, you believe, or now you, I'm getting to be, stop the hell. Where you turn the ball over, believe double uh, what South Al did. So you got to keep care of the basketball, uh, and you got to uh, shoot a little bit better than you did um, against South Alabama uh, to be able to win a game or two. So, um, I want to ask you about baseball, and then Kelly and Bob may have something to wrap up with. Uh, what's the most um, concerning statistic for you on the pitching front? Now, if if there were be one that what I would think would get worked out, it would be pitching. But so far, what you watch, and I should tell our listeners, by the way, Kelly and Bob also, I saw the man at work the other night, the Friday night game um, against Dallas Baptist. Uh, the man was working in, 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 in the, on his phone, watching the game, tweeting out statistics everybody needs to know. So it was, it was a spectacle. It was a public delight. Anyway, what's the most concerning statistic that you think they will get right, Patrick? Yeah, well, I think uh, the one concerning statistic, I actually just saw it uh, today. So uh, I'm gonna uh, here's a stat courtesy of uh, the Twitter account, Friday Starters. They said USM has an ERA, a bullpen ERA of 697. 
Wow. Uh, so if you want to have a team that is, uh, you know, safely in the NCAA tournament and, you know, uh, still in the top 25, um, you know, toward the end of the year. I mean, you got to get that fixed. And I think uh, there's a possibility, man. I still think there are pieces. But right now, I mean, I mean, Justin Storm has been the only guy that's been, you know, mo- or Justin Storm across sibling, you know, J.B. Middleton has had moments as well. Um, but you really got to get that bullpen and those bullpen pieces sorted out because it looks like you have a solid rotation. Um, but, you know, those guys are not going to throw nine innings every game. So you got to have uh, a handful of guys you can count on the bullpen and be able to sort those roles out as well. All right, so Patrick, is it safe to say when everybody else is sleeping at night, you're sitting in a dark room somewhere with your head down in a computer, pulling every stat from every sports team in the country? Is that pretty much what I'm gathering? Uh, I don't think so. I mean, <laughs> a lot of this stuff, you know, lucky, uh, you know, in 2023, a lot of this stuff is readily accessible, and it's not you don't have to. I go through a ton of effort, but I guess it does take a little bit of uh, searching yeah. to find some of these. Things. That was a compliment, actually. <laughs> yeah, he was sure. complimenting you. Well, <laughs> one other point too about the NIT. I was told last week that the Final Four is not going to be in New York anymore. It's going to be in Las Vegas. Is that right? That is correct. And uh, next year, I believe, is going to be uh, maybe uh, in Indianapolis, possibly. They're, they're really? rotating it around. I know. Uh, Are you aware yeah, of that, Brandon? It, yeah. Yeah, Brandon is still with us. Brandon Vicker, you're aware of that? Yeah, Valpo uh, got to play at Madison Square Garden in the championship game of the NIT a few years back. So it's a shame that it's no longer in that historic building. Right. That was a great experience for our program to to right. be there. But well, there was some thought that it was going to be in Waynesboro, but that they 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 didn't bid enough. Hervis outbid them. <laughs> oh, did they? Hey, Patrick, uh, thank you for your time, man. We appreciate you as always. Thank you, guys. All right. Patrick, hey, you know, Patrick McGee, everybody. If the Eagles do happen to play Vandy in the NIT, it wouldn't be the first time in that I, night. I didn't hear that right, did I? That he said there's some chance they would play at Alcorn. That, that, I didn't hear that. No, 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 no. Alcorn would play at Mississippi State. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. But if, if State misses the, the NCAA tournament. But in that run in 87 that the Eagles wound up winning the NIT, Vanderbilt was one of the wins. They were. At Vanderbilt. They beat Will Purdue, who went on to play with the Chicago Bulls. That's right. All right, that wraps up this segment of the Eagle Hour. We'll be back and wrap up the week right after this. Hope you'll uh, stick around. And in the meantime, go get you a Mobe Beignet. Brandon, you got to get a Mobe beignet across the street from the campus. Luke ate six of them in two minutes and 15 seconds. We had an eat-off between Luke and Kelly. Wow. I know when you, Bob, look, you look at Kelly, you think, he'd, lost? you think he'd won, right? But, <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm just amazed, Bob, though, how you will gladly throw out my eating time, but you will not talk about my 40 time. He ran a 5-4-7. No. <laughs> no. According to Joey Hawkins, it was a 4-8. <laughs> Southern Miss to the top. Final segment brought to you by D-Bat and D-1 Training in Hattiesburg, Mississippi on Hardy Street, dbathattiesburg.com. Rain in the forecast over the weekend and towards the latter part of spring break next week, uh, you can avail yourself and uh, take your kids and maybe they're even team too to D-Bat and uh, D-1 Training. Great facilities, uh, great people, great pro shop, great instruction. D-Bat, D-1 Training in 
Hattiesburg. Lady Eagle Beach Volleyball falling to LSU earlier today, 5-0. Uh, They're currently taking on Texas A&M uh, Kingsville and uh, will participate throughout the weekend, take on TCU tomorrow. TCU number one in the nation, guys, in beach volleyball, in case uh, you wanted to know that. I Women's tennis. That. You were, you were wondering that? That's wondering. Well, there's, Women's there's... tennis taking on Georgia State tomorrow as they open conference play, and then they will uh, be taking on Troy on Sunday um, at 10 a.m. Also, track and field is at the NCAA Indoor Championships. So uh, good stuff going on there um, as well. Um, I did want to mention Austin Crowley uh, has been named a finalist to the Lou Henson National Player of the Year. It's given annually to the top mid-major player in D1 college basketball. So uh, Crowley already Sunbelt newcomer um, of the year, was a finalist also for the Howell Trophy in the state of Mississippi, and now a National Player of the Year finalist, the Henson Trophy. So congratulations to Austin on that as well. All right, we, we haven't talked about this this weekend, guys, but it is like Buffett weekend. So everybody out there that has been fortunate enough to Wear a jersey or, or win a jersey. This is the weekend of the parrot head. And I didn't, I didn't know if Brandon, who's still sitting in with us, realized this significant. This is, the, if you play Southern Miss non-conference, this is the weekend. Jimmy Buffett, an alumnus of the University of Southern Mississippi. Brandon, we will be wearing, I think it's tomorrow, we'll be wearing special parrot head jerseys. Wow. Were you aware and he was an alumni here? I was not. I, uh, I until uh, Kelly just filled me in, but mm-hmm. I look forward to seeing these jerseys. And this a- is actually Luke uh, Brandon in pro football. Like I said, he's from Northwest Indiana, but he's a big Green Bay Packer fan. Well, yeah. and of course, knowing did Mergens hear this? Mergens is in his office. Oh yeah, he's, but, so he's a Rockford the, guy, the Chicago really? Bear yeah. fan. I guess. Okay. Okay. So what does he yeah. think about Rodgers going the same way as far, starting to hold out later in his career, yeah, and possibly landing with the New York Jets now? Yeah, the the, the similarities are amazing, right? With the the Jets aspect of it, with uh, kind of the way things have gone, with the Packers drafting potentially the next guy while he's still there. It's very similar to way the way it unfolded with Brett and. Uh, and now, uh, who knows if Jordan Love would be able to will be able to keep the string of Hall of Fame quarterbacks going? He's it not really going to. It might be a stretch, but he's not uh, going to really do that. You know, uh, with with Aaron, it has been uh, every year for the last few seasons now. All the drama in the off season, and he kind of yeah. he kind of likes making it a storyline. I'll believe it when I see it in terms of him leaving the Green Bay Packers. Yeah, but the know. Packers might get a little tired of the drama too, and just say, "Go ahead on." You know. Sure. I, mean, I don't but know, with, man. He's pretty good. <laughs> but with Brandon being a Packers fan, Bob, yeah, I got in touch with the famous number four. Yeah. And Brandon is going to get to meet Brett Favre tonight at the at the baseball game. I was very impressed. Yeah, I'm very impressed with uh, the uh, contacts here to be able to just call up Brett Favre and uh, well, he and probably, shoot him a text. He probably yeah. owes Favre money. <laughs> <laughs> so that's why he's responsive. He owes yeah, most yeah. everybody in Hattiesburg uh, money. Okay, so you're speaking from have, experience. That's yeah. probably have to is. say all this. <laughs> no, no, no. I know better than the woman. I've known him long. I've known him way too yeah. long. But but how nice is that? Very responsive and uh, and pretty cool. And you can it speaks to. Kind of the, the tight-knit community that seems to be evident here. So. But you can check that off your list yeah, tonight. Yeah, how about that? Yeah. Stop in the stop in the uh, the door right next to there if he brings you up there tonight and uh, come in and say hello to the people I sit with. I'm sure they'd love to meet you. Oh, I would love but, to. But don't be seen in public with Sander, though. Just, just <laughs> no. use him to get what you need. You're not going to really need. do that, are you? <laughs> 
Besides, he doesn't have a ticket to get in. <laughs> no, actually, I have, I'm calling a high school baseball game tonight, so oh, I okay. oh, yeah. will, will not be. So, we, so, Brandon, you need to know that that's early good news on, for you, Brandon. That's, that's when I was at news. Southern Miss, Bart Starr came to Hattiesburg, and he and Brent wow. made a uh, made a, it was with First Priority, a high school ministry, and they were there. And I was trying to impress my girlfriend, who's my wife of almost 17 years at this point. I got Bart Starr to sign something. I gave it to my girlfriend at the time, and she said, "Who's that?" And I instantly regretted the one chance I had to get a, yeah. to get a Bart Starr yeah. autograph personalized. Wow. A great, wow. great man to meet him in person. It, now, before you leave, I want you to walk right over there, and I want you to look at the, some of the stuff in our operations manager's office. Yes. He's a huge Bear fan, and he's not going to like you very much. If you yeah, I'm, I'm used to being surrounded by Bear fans. We were in Bear, bear yeah. country in northwest Indiana, so I, uh, I'm kind of the, uh, the You're lone. in Mississippi, man. You can just go outside and spit after you see all that Bear stuff, okay? <laughs> and, uh, and just a, a quick anecdote that speaks to my family's Packer fandom is uh, my uncle's name is Bart Vincent after Bart Starr and Vincent Lombardi, so it's a, it's a family tradition. That's yeah, pretty yeah. I'm serious yeah. there. Yeah. But, but if you do, Brandon, go to see Bob and his crew tonight, make Make sure you do it before seven o'clock because <laughs> they tend to doze <laughs> and they break out the applesauce in the fourth inning. <laughs> right. right. You're welcome to stop by. Oh, thank you. And uh, we're glad to have you here, man. Thank oh, you. Oh, it, it was great being here. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. All right, that wraps up this week of the Eagle Hour. We'll be back Monday with Scott Berry as always. Until then, Southern Miss to, to the, the top. top. Slipping, slipping, slipping into the future. Time keeps on slipping, slipping, slipping into the future. I wanna fly like an eagle to the sea. Fly like an eagle, let my spirit carry me. I want to fly. A Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.